The opinions and views expressed on this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. For more information about this show or other programs on KUCI, please log on to KUCI.org for the latest program schedule. The Heather McCoy Show. Welcome to the Heather McCoy Show. In our middle segment today, I'll be talking with the founder of the Abolitionist Vegetarian Society, Sarah Woodcock, and rounding out the hour, Robert Larson will be joining us from the other side of the Cleveland National Forest. But first, we'll start off with a regular contributor, the blogger behind fieldofschemes.com, Neil DeMoss. Welcome to the show, Neil. Hey, Heather, how's it going? Not bad. The end of the Olympics, no more crying teddy bears, no more, you know, pictures of yellow water and bathrooms and no more side-by-side toilets. So it's kind of a withdrawal at this point. Yeah, I, you know, it, it's, uh, I think it, it was kind of disappointing that, um, you know, after all of the lead-up, all we wound up with in terms of major disasters was a bunch of people falling in slushy snow. <laughs> um, so, or, or maybe that's, maybe that's a good thing, but, um I don't know. Uh, it's it's weird the way the Olympics sort of is this huge build up, and then you know, it seems regardless of where it is, there's lots of controversy over over you know some sort of issues there, and then it's like, oh, fine, over. We'll deal with it again next time. Yeah, I don't know how the athletes actually dealt with the water situation. I mean, did they you know bring their own water in the pallets, you know, and just like big shipping pallets? Or I'm not, I'm not sure how they would deal with yellow water. Yeah, my hope is that they actually were treated a little bit, uh, a little bit better than the media. Um, you know, they had <laughs> actual places to stay with real, with real, real bottled water or something like that. But yeah, I mean, it seems like the the news media really just dropped all of that and and the whole gay rights thing and everything as soon as there was uh, snowboarding to report on. You know, yeah, it was like all right, fine. You know, forget about all that stuff. Let's just uh, talk about metal count. And then the, the Pussy Riot story kind of got buried too, with them getting beat up by Bolsheviks or whatever that was. Yeah, I mean, it was just, it, it, it really, like, as soon as the game started, it was, I forget who it was, it was Spin or one of the, somebody was reporting that, you know, it, I think on the eve of the game, they're like, okay, here, we, we already have the, uh, the, uh, the, you know, media uh, plan laid out, you know, it's going to be first, um, man, these hotels are terrible, then, hey, the games are on and nothing's blown up yet, and then, okay, when, what, you know, when is Rio? Yeah, um, and it pretty much went like that. You yeah. Know? Um, so I, I don't know. I mean, it's it's a problem with any of these things. It's mostly about the media spectacle, and um, you know that's obviously what uh, the people who are covering this are interested in. Um, you know, it's the same thing as the Super Bowl. If there's some issue around football, like I don't know people's brains being destroyed. It's not something you're really going to expect to be covered during the Super Bowl. Yeah, definitely not. Well, the the stray dog story did leak in for a little bit. I mean, you know, it, there, there was lots of easy, uh, you know, low-hanging fruit in terms of uh, in terms of funny stories. But all that stuff was really during the run-up to the game. Right? Yeah, that's true. Most of that and the, all the tweets about the the crazy toilets was like in the few days right before the opening ceremonies. And then as soon as there was actual sports to write about, 
then it was like, okay, fine, you know, let's let's write about the sport. Yeah, definitely. Um, in Orange, yeah, uh, in Orange County, uh, Angels owner owner Artie Moreno has been talking to the city of Tustin for a possible site for the new stadium for the Angels. Although team owners are throwing darts on the board uh, to see where what sticks, um, that's nothing new. And by talking to other cities, the owner, of course, is trying to create leverage with the current host city. Again, nothing new. But what's different about this is in Orange County, I don't think a lot of people care where the Angels play if they play in Tustin, Irvine, and Anaheim, what's the difference? The current Angel story feels more like a game of Russian roulette where there's three cities that will, you know, could possibly host the Angels, and the only question seems to be who's going to get hosed. Yeah, I mean, I, from, yeah, I mean, it's it's sort of an unusual scenario, right? Because you don't usually have this many different cities within an area where they could all um, potentially host the team. Um but it's one of those situations where the the it's a question about whether the winner is going to be who wins the team or who doesn't win the team, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, because yeah, if you get the team, I guess you get some economic activity and you get some tax revenue from the team playing there. But you also have to figure out how you're going to you know what you're going to offer to Artie Moreno in order to get him to locate there. Um, and in a rational world. Um, the cities would all be saying, okay, fine, you know, we'll get a little bit of marginal increased tax revenue from, uh, from a, the team if they build a stadium here, so let's offer them, I don't know, like 50-50 cut, you know, give them a break on how much, you know, kick them back some of the additional tax revenue, we'll keep some of it, and then everybody will benefit. Um, that's not the world that we live in. The world that we live in is one where Marino wants an awful lot of, uh, of land to develop, um, something that's probably way out of proportion with the amount of, of additional benefits that the team would bring. Uh -huh. um, so it's going to be a question of like which city is dumb enough to actually fall for that. Um, and, you know, I mean, probably most of them won't be, but you only have to find one. Yeah, you only have to find one. Um, although the joke that you put on your blog site about seeing if Artie Moreno can get Angels fans to come to the next Anaheim City Council meeting with the signs that say, don't make us drive five or minutes to the game, um, I think for some fans, if the Angels were, did move to the site of the Air, Tustin Air Base, it would be more like 35 to 45 minutes in rush hour because now you're adding game day traffic to an already horrific 555 interchange that has a lot of traffic going to the Inland Empire after their workday is done. I don't see how any government uh, environmental agency can possibly approve that site. Yeah, I mean that's always a wild card, especially in in California more than other places is the, is the the traffic issue. Um, and you know, I, I can't see that that uh, NEIS would approve it either. But we've seen so many situations across the country where um, government agencies have just rubber stamped things and said, "Okay, here's the EIS. Here we're acknowledging that it's going to create huge traffic issues, and there's no mitigating it. And okay, we put it in the EIS, so therefore it's fine mm -hmm. um, because we've acknowledged it's going to happen. Um, you know, it's possible that Moreno would uh, would balk at that as well because he doesn't want to have to deal with uh, with fans uh, having to having to you know deal with additional traffic tie-ups. But again, all this stuff is just for leverage, right? I mean, yeah. whether he's really serious about Tustin. Um, or it's just, um, you know, the desire to try and name as many possible different cities in Orange County as possible in hopes that that will scare Anaheim into, uh, into agreeing to his deal. 
Um, I, you know, I think it's probably more the latter. Yeah, definitely. Uh, this last week, MLS uh, bought back the Chivas USA from its Mexican owners. It looks like the team is going to be rebranded. And, oh, wait, they need their own specific soccer stadium, too, even though that the StubHub Center has plenty of dates open. Uh, somehow this story has been tied back to the man of the hour stand uh, cranky, which is not skink cranky. NBC Sports. How did the name? How did his name get tossed in the story now too? Because he's already f- building a stadium for the uh, St. Louis Rams. Right. Well, he's talked about. Uh, he bought this land, right, in Inglewood. Um, yeah. That he is was, you know, it's no, not exactly clear why he's bought it. He's not saying there was talk about. Um, oh, it could be for a Rams stadium. There was talk about it could be for an MLS stadium. He already owns the Colorado team, right? So, and MLS used to be this league where you could own as many teams as you wanted. Philip Anschutz owned six teams at one point. Um, MLS says, no, we're not doing that anymore. So presumably he'd have to sell Colorado if he wanted to buy Chivas and move them to L.A. Um, the, you know, I think it's more, um, you know, just another one of these things of throwing his name into the into the rumor mill. I don't think necessarily um, he has anything to do with this. The interesting part here is, I mean, MLS buying back Chivas is not surprising, given that the, the franchise has pretty much been a disaster and has not really capitalized on its association with the with the Guadalajara team. Um, but the surprise here is is uh, MLS saying, okay, well now they need a new stadium, um, and I don't know if they're just trying to capitalize on this. Hey, everybody in LA is talking about new football stadiums, so maybe we can get a soccer stadium out of this, or what? Um, but you know, it's it's pretty remarkable given that they're playing in an almost brand new stadium. And yeah, there's a second second team there, but that's not you know the worst thing in the world. Um, I don't see what the big, huge benefit would be to them of building a new stadium, other than well, maybe he thinks that somebody will build one for them. So. Uh, I don't know. It's it's still very early. Uh, the the whole MLS thing where they're, you know, trying to get new stadiums and new teams pretty much everywhere on the planet, or at least get cities to think that they can have them everywhere on the planet, is really baffling and strange to me. And uh, I'm 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 interested in researching it more because it's it's not anything that any sports league has done in the last thirty years, right? Just expand, expand, expand. Yeah, well, unless it's a new version of the ABA, which that's kind of a Ponzi scheme, though. Right, right. No, no major, major sports like <laughs> that. The ABA is where you, I think anybody who has 5000 or $10,000 or something can get a franchise, no questions asked. That's just an absolutely wonderful model and hilarious. And <laughs> I think I've said this before on your program, but if you really want some entertainment, go on Wikipedia and look at the list of defunct ABA franchises, and uh, there are some just awesomely fly-by-night ones there. Uh, can I throw my name in the hat as far as uh, floating MLS rivers? Let's say Chivas USA to Albuquerque, New Mexico? Sure, absolutely. Why not? I'm thinking of actually uh, trying to get an MLS franchise for my dining room. <laughs> um, because, you know, there's an extra space there. And yeah. Why not? Yeah, why not? <laughs> I, think we, I think I probably have uh, have uh, a better, uh, you know, uh, market around me than uh, than Albuquerque does. Probably, um, I'm a bit surprised that you got so many complaints that you only focus too much on sports. After all, the name of your blog derives um, it from a movie about baseball, uh, but most people, but people have. Um, although the, we focus on sports in this segment, I think we often point out that other industries play this game. I think we talked about Boeing and A Rod at one point. Um, 
the TV show House of Cards is threatening to move out of Maryland without any without tax breaks. Which is the worst deal to make, keeping a media production in town or building a sports stadium? Ooh, wow. That's just really fire and frying pan right there. Um, I guess it depends on wh- how you define worse. Um, I think every study of um, film subsidies shows that you lose money on them hand over fist, right? Mm-hmm. That the amount of economic activity that you get um, for you know, from people filming stuff in your city is way, way, way smaller than the amount of you know tax breaks and really it's 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 tax credits, right? So oftentimes yeah. um, it's not just that they're getting a break on paying taxes; it's that they're getting you know rebated taxes that they never paid in the first place. Oh my god! Um, so they're pretty bad. On the other hand, it's really hard to spend as much money on film subsidies as you can on a sports franchise. So, um, I don't know, you know, neither one is very good. Um, you know, giving lots of money to Boeing to open a plant in your city is also not a good idea. Um, I think I think neither would be my answer, but if you had to pick one, um, it, it probably depends on whether you, uh, I don't know, I guess the the advantage of uh, of sports teams is that they're more entertaining to watch. The advantage of film crews is that you can stand on the sidewalk and watch them for free. Yeah, definitely. Um, one thing I, that that story about the House of Cards did bring up in my brain was the story of uh, Life of Pi on how after it won the Oscars uh, for Best Picture, the effects company that worked on the film went out of business due to other countries subsidizing their own effects houses. With so many industries seeking subsidies now, what do you think the outcome would be if everyone collectively turns off the spigot at once? Um, you mean if, like, cities stopped offering all, all these stuff? Yeah, they just all went away at once. I mean, do you think we would have a, a depression? Or, I mean, it just seems like everybody's, uh, you know, has their hand out needing a subsidy of some sort. Um, there would definitely be all sorts of interesting consequences. Um, certainly, uh, you know, the companies would be taking a hit in terms of their profits. Um, they probably would have to, um, um, you know, you, you might see wages in those industries go down, you know, if, uh, if there isn't quite as so much money floating around. I mean, certainly that's what we see in sports, right? You yeah. Know? I mean, it's not like sports owners are demanding subsidies because salaries are going up, but as you know, they have more money, they're able to, to uh, afford to pay more to their players. Um, on the other hand, you would then see more money left over for the cities to spend on other things. So you would, you know, either they would be spending on other projects or they would be rebating taxes to people who would then have more money in their pockets. So the money would still exist. Yeah. Um, I, and I think, it's, I think that's a complicated question, um, and it kind of depends on what the alternative uses would be for that money. Um, and it depends on what the finances are of the particular industries. I don't know the film industry well enough to know what they would do um, if they were no longer getting these subsidies and, you know, whether they would, you know, would they actually make fewer movies then? I don't know. Um, yeah. TV shows. I mean, it's, it's uh, it, it, I can't begin to guess. I, <laughs> I would love to do the experiment and find out. Let's put it that way. Yeah, that would be kind of cool. Neil DeMoss, he has fieldofschemes.com. He wrote a book by the same name. Um, thanks for being on the show, and we'll talk to you next week. Sure. See you next week. Okay, this is the Heather McCoy Show.